Well, it sounds like you guys are setting yourself up for a good time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 167 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and for the love of God, do we have an episode full of passion and warfare that nobody was expecting? Yes, nobody was expecting this. Um, I wasn't expecting this. Morgan wasn't expecting this. Any of my friends who I've told about this are not expecting this. This week's guest is guitar legend. Guitar virtuoso. The best guitarist we've had on our podcast so far? How do we beat that? How do we beat this? That's the question. Uh, This week's guest is Steve Vai. (laughs) Steve Vai. Steve Vai. You know, from guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Just... From the instrument, literally renowned for being one of the greatest guitarists to have ever lived. He's a three-time Grammy Award winner, known for his signature instrumental solo albums, and even making records with everyone from the likes of Whitesnake to David Lee Roth and Frank Zappa. For the last four decades, he's changed the landscape for what it truly means to play the guitar, inspired so many individuals, and when we got the chance to pick his brain, we absolutely jumped at it. I know we freak out about some guests on this podcast, Sean, but it's just ridiculous when we get to talk to some absolute legends. I did not think this was happening. I was shitting myself, right, because... I know nothing about the guitar, right? And then to find out that this man recorded a song with one hand made me want to curl up and uh, disappear into the ether. But what an absolutely beautiful human. I I just can't get over how nice he was to us. He showed us some secret stuff. He's he's made a promise that you hear later on that we are now going to make a weekly update until that promise is fulfilled. 
he showed us clips of his new guitar off the front of the album, which is the maddest looking guitar I've ever seen in my life. So please have a Google of Steve Vai in Violet now and have a look at the Hydra. The, the, the fact that the guitar's got a name <laughs> on its own is fucking mad, right? Yeah, but it's got three necks and it's even got harp strings as, as well. So it's all going on. Too many necks. Imagine if I had three necks. That wouldn't be right, would it? No, I'd have to have three heads then. I'd have to have three heads then. And nobody wants that. Three oh. of me in a constant argument. But yes, we absolutely fucking loved having Steve on. He talks about new music. He talks about contacting bands to show his interest. And now, um, yeah, we have a goal. And you'll find out at the after this podcast, our new goal is to set Steve Vai up with somebody. Yes, but absolutely what a sweetheart he was to us. This conversation is very humble and a real insight into so many different aspects of his life from guitar playing, the new album in Violet, to his health and keeping fit now in his 60s. Bands who have tried to steal him away in the past, offering us a little surprise and everything, including playing for us live on the podcast so it's all going on you won't believe your ears throughout this episode but just enjoy it because it is one of our probably favorites we've recorded to date yeah yeah i cannot stress we have been lucky enough to have some fucking awesome people on but i was genuinely shitting myself having a legend like steve on but he was so gracious he was so lovely that even when he made fun of my uh, Wayne's World background on the Zoom meeting, um, I forgive him for that. And then I, ma- I made a joke about my background being fake. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is fake as well. There's no studio here. And I was like, what, really? And he was like, no. And then all of a sudden, later on, he was just like, oh, yeah, and this is how I write me. And he just whipped his guitar out. And I was like, people pay. I've just, what? I've just watched Steve Vai play his guitar. Just me and Morgan have just had a solo show. <laughs> this is fucking mental. Listen. He didn't, he didn't need to be as nice as he is. He's literally, well, not changed my view, but he's made me fall more in love with him as a person. One absolute beautiful human. I can't believe how nice he was to us. I can't believe he gave us his time. I can't believe some of the stories. And I cannot wait for the present he said he's going to send. Yes, I'm, I'm really hoping that that happens. But throughout this episode, please let us know how this has blown your minds via our social media pages at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a cheeky message. And also, if you could, we would really appreciate it if you could sign up to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, where not only do you join a wonderful community full of your new best friends, but get some extra behind-the-scene content and get to know everything first exclusively only on our Patreon page. On Twitter and Instagram, that's at SapninPod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, and of course, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N. We should get on with this. This we uh, should. This is the icon that is Steve Vai somehow on episode one hundred and sixty-seven of Sapnin Podcast. I can't believe you played that song with one fucking hand. That's mental. Anyway, he's lovely. Sapnin. Sapnin. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Zappa Nin. Oh, oh nice! You've blown my fucking mind to start! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this week's guest is guitar wizard, riff virtuoso, solo king, whammy bar acrobat, actual guitar hero, singer, songwriter, composer, producer, and three-time Grammy winner, the mighty, the one and only Steve Vai. <laughs> I'm going to have you write my eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, I am available to come and speak. So, uh, yeah, keep, <laughs> please keep that in mind. But, yeah. But, no, but how are you, man? How, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for taking the time. How's uh, things going today? Great. Uh, really good. You know, I'm uh, just uh, starting to prepare, you know, just playing and uh, getting ready for the tour well actually i'm getting ready also i've got to go in on the 18th at my shoulder fixed before the tour so i'm at that point where i'm kind of like you know figuring out the show and it's really always a lot of fun you know you kind of imagine how the show's gonna go and you start choosing songs it's great yeah i know i know there's been a lot of talk lately with like kind of some injuries and going in for surgery and everything but how, how are you how are you doing with, with all that well, you know, like anything else, once it gets in the press, it becomes exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm a very I, I'm a healthy guy, and uh, I I ne hardly get sick, and uh, I have navigated my career through thick and thin when it comes to that stuff. But I've never really had any real kinds of challenges, uh, except structurally. You know, I, I've had like back in the 80s when I was with Roth, I had to get my neck surgery and back surgery, this kind of thing. So, you know, um, perhaps it comes with the territory. I don't know. But I just went through this little whirlwind of, uh, you know, physical challenges. And one of them was my I developed trigger finger at the same time that I discovered I had all these torn uh, tendons from 
doing the exercises. So I was doing chest flies for years and just stretching it too far and it hurt and I didn't really pay attention. Then finally, it was just like, okay, I got to do something. And uh, I usually take like a holistic approach and rarely go to, you know, I'm one of those guys you go into, you know, when you go into a doctor's office and they, they, you, you got to fill out, have you had this? Do you have this? Do you take these drugs? And it's just nothing. No, 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 no. You know, no high blood pressure, anything, you know, nothing like that. But um, I did tear these tendons and I got them fixed last year and it was great. They healed. No big deal. You know, but the reason why people found out was because I did a song called Knapsack when uh, I was in the, the sling and the sling was called a knapsack. And I played the song with one hand. What? So that was that was yeah, you can go online and watch watch it. <laughs> it's kind of no, funny. I did, no, I heard the song earlier. I heard the song earlier. But what one all of it when you recorded it when I did. <laughs> Not only did I record it with one hand, but it was during lockdown, so nobody was here. So I had to set up the amps, I had to mic them, I had to uh, you know, set up the session, the cameras, everything with one hand. And I did it. It was fun and it and it came out. If you go if you type in knapsack in YouTube, you'll see it. It it exposed the the um, incident, so everybody's like, Ooh, "What's with you know? What's with Steve?" So that's fine. I figured it out. I, I healed and I made in violet. But then in the summer, I actually tore. I had an accident and I tore another tendon, and that's why I had to bump the tour because I had to get it fixed. And then so it's like, oh, "What's with Steve Eyes, <laughs> the surgery guy?" You know, now it's just that I it, I ha- it has to come out because the nature of what I do. And then it's like, you know, but I'm fine. I am kicking ass. And I it turns gonna... out, yeah, it turns out you've got more talent in one hand than I've got. Well, me and Morgan <laughs> have got in both of our bodies put together. That's insane, Steve. Like, that, uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> I just, I'm just fucking stumped. Yeah, I'm stumped. You begin um, slowly. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, you mentioned, you mentioned then, like, you're very holistic and stuff. And obviously, you're in great shape. Is there a key to uh, Steve Vai's health routine that we don't know about, or is this some secret? Well, I believe that your health is directly connected to your state of mind. Even even the medical community understands, you know, what stress does to the body, you know? And stress is just created in the mind, you know? So... When I was um, when I was young, I wasn't you know I, I grew up in a, a with a group of guys in a band that was very rough, you know, kind of greasers and drinking and getting in trouble, you know, all through my teenage years. It was great, you know, I loved it. <laughs> um, and, but I paid little attention to like exercising or eating. I weighed almost two hundred pounds and was a defensive guard in in football, you know, and. Uh, but I also was going through all that time up to when I was in my early 20, well, when I was 20 and I joined Frank's band, I really was going through some changes. And in uh, 82, in 1980, I started to really go through changes. In 82, I had a, an experience that kind of really changed my perspective of myself, the world, my, my mental state. I quit smoking then. I, I stopped eating junk. I became a vegetarian. I, I started focusing more on esoteric principles that, you know, self-helps type of things, you know. And this, this was very valuable to me. And from it, I, and also working with Dave Roth, 
he was he really introduced me to what it means to exercise hard like hard like we'd go for runs and before that i'd go for a little jog around the block for 20 minutes and think that i was exercising <laughs> yeah, you, know, you hang out with Roth and you're like, you're, you're hump, pumping, pumping for like an hour. And then, you know, he'll t he would take me to the gym and I'd go to the gym, you know, before that I'd do my little chest and then I'd do that. Uh-uh. He hired the, the number one female bodybuilder in the world, Kate Baxter. And she put wow. us on a routine of, you know, it was like an hour and a half a day of like serious and I don't have the body for serious weight. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a noodle, you know, <laughs> I, I can't put mu it's so hard to put muscle on, you know, but it it tied me up and it really launched me on a on a path to of, um, you know, just trying to keep it clean, mm. you know, trying to keep. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah, that's that's crazy to hear, though, because especially, you know, I think when people think of David Lee Roth or Van Halen, they just think of the ultimate party band to, to see that even back then he was really looking after himself and gave that to you guys and the rest of the band and stuff as well. That must have just been crazy to, to mix those two worlds. Well, you're talking about Dave Roth, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. He took he took his health and his his uh, um, working out very seriously, but he also took partying and after show parties and even more serious well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's very true but um but steve obviously as sean mentioned introducing you you know a lot of people consider you such a guitar legend and yeah you've won three grammys and there's all these things that people must mention to you all the time but one thing i don't think a lot of people will know is that you have a really fond hobby for beekeeping so I'd, I'd, just, I'd love to just talk to you for about this for just a little bit because do you still do it? How did you get introduced to it? Do you have many out like of the suits? Like, please tell us. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, uh, well, we moved into a property about 26 years ago that had two acres that uh, the, the whole property was vacant for 10 years before we moved in. So it was a wreck, but it was huge in California, you know, in L.A., and I basically stole it, but we needed to start building. You know, I wanted I wanted a garden. I wanted to put some trees in. My wife we wanted to plant stuff. And I just did a little research and I discovered that honeybees are an excellent way to pollinate your property. And I'm saying honeybees. I, I just started researching it and I discovered that keeping bees is actually a very simple, really enjoyable hobby. So I called up the local beekeeper and he brought me a swarm and i just i i really enjoyed uh learning about bees they're incredible i could tell you stuff you would not believe about bees <laughs> uh, honeybees and um so i got one um hive and i learned how to deal you know how to work with it and then that led to another and the way that you get another hive is your first hive it, it will swarm the queen will swarm so it's uh, so what happens when that happens the the hive starts getting kind of big and the queen leaves and she takes half of the bees with her and that's when you see those big black clouds of bees they're looking for another home and then they swarm in a in a in a, a big bowl ball right well if you want to start another hive a colony you got to capture that ball and I've done this many times, many times. It's funny because yes, I got you. Got to put the bee suit on, and you got to smoke them. You know how to know how to work with them, and 
You get a little if every time I capture a swarm, uh, you take this solution that's like half water and half sugar and you just lightly spray it on the swarm and it, it they can't fly and they, they, they you know they're cleaning themselves so then you you put a box or something underneath the swarm and you shake the tree and it, you have to get the queen because all the bees go with the queen and then you t- I take that and I dump it into an actual uh, uh they're called supers the, the boxes that you put with the frames you know and you put all the bees in that, and now you get another hive. And I've at one time had like eight hives. And right now, I have uh, two. And, you know, you don't have to do anything. The bees do all the work. But I was much more into it, uh, like in two, 2000, you know, that period. And we would do a honey harvest once a year. And it would take about two or three days, you know, because you got to get all of the frames. You get this hot knife, and it melts the cap off. And then you put it in a an eccentrical kind of a force and it throws the honey off and then it comes out and you strain it and you put it in bottles and i'm going to send you guys a bottle oh i love it (laughs) right number one don't make promises i don't think you keep right number two i was just thinking how much does a bottle of vi honey cost this interview (laughs) yes No, I, I used to, I used, yeah, I used to offer it on the website for charity. I don't charge, uh, but that's when we had like a big flow. I mean, one one year, I harvested over six hundred pounds of honey. It's wow! Remarkable. Yeah. But I have, I have a harvest from uh, last summer, and it's really lovely, rich eucalyptus honey. It's dark, you know. And I will send you guys a bottle. I just got it. You got to send. Send my publicist your address yes, and tell yeah, him I'm, that I promised you a bottle and I'll be right <laughs> there. That, that would be the strangest email I've probably ever sent, but I would definitely do that because, <laughs> yes, we'd love some Steve Vai honey. Who, who wouldn't? But um, we, we should talk about this new record. You've, you've already you mentioned... you ask him for some pics or something? <laughs> you <have> for honey? <laughs> <laughs> of all the things you could have asked Steve Vai for. Things. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, we'd like to be something different, Steve, a little bit different. But, but no, this new record, you've already mentioned, you know, you, you wrote it kind of over lockdown and in isolation and everything. But looking at the, the grand picture, this is your 13th solo album, you know, with, with that project. And really, you've been doing music for God, like over 40 years now. So how would you still manage to stay motivated and, and create new with techniques and inspiration just kind of with guitar because there must be periods where you think like you know there's only so many chords only so many notes so how would you keep fresh by playing and just writing songs well um i don't try i just do it just happens you know like trying to do things can set up a resistance in you you know, I'm trying to be creative right now. I'm trying, you know, how I can. So it, 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 that doesn't work for me. And, and all, all your best ideas don't work that way. They, they all, all the, your unique ideas, they arise in you, at least, uh, you know, for me, relatively unexpectedly. And I have, to, yeah. I have to capture the essence of it, just, just the essence somehow, you know. So, like, that might be a, a, little, a, a simple little riff on the guitar. It might be an idea. And like, like if you take in Violet, I'll go right through the songs. Uh, Teeth of the Hydra, that was completely conceptualized before the Hydra was even built. 
I didn't know what the song was going to be, but I knew the parameters. I knew exactly what was going to go into it. So that came, that came like this, poof. And it took five years to make it real in the world because that guitar had to be built. I had to write the piece of music. I had to practice it, you know. So then uh, something like Zeus and Chains, that was just a little riff, you know, that I had. Um, I have a guitar by my bed. <laughs> and, uh, yes! You know, at night, <laughs> at night I, I just like noodle around. And if something comes up that's got some energy in it, I, I kind of record it. So I was sitting there and I went. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice. You know, and then you kind of search for what it is you're your ear is telling you to play, you know. I'm out of tune. So now it's it's pulling me, you know? And now it says it wants to go. It had to go there, you know what I mean? That so my ear there was no other choice. Of course there's other choices, but you gotta prioritize your best pull, you know? So then uh, I, had, I only had that much for Zeus and Chains, and it sat on the shelf for years, you know? And that was the same thing with uh, Little Pretty. Little Pretty was uh, this the third song on Inviolate. It was just some chords. And I'm like, whoa, these chords are wicked cool, you know? So I only recorded a little bit of it, put it on the shelf for years. But you see, the inspiration for the whole song was just in those first few chord changes because they created an atmosphere, you know what I mean? They created a feeling. I could, you could get back to that feeling years later just by hearing it, just a little piece, you know? So then you got to unpack it, you know? And that's pretty much was that song. And then uh, Candle Power, that was completely conceived without anything. It's just an idea, you know, a visualization. What's the fifth song? Uh, Apollo and Color? That was another little just riff that I had, just a little, la, la, you know, I'm singing and playing uh, on an electric guitar that's not plugged in into an iPhone. And, <laughs> and that's it. And then you unpack it. It comes, the, the inspiration that can compel a person to continue in a particular field and really evolve their their talents in that field the there's only one thing that will do it and that's your authentic interest in doing it if you're authentically interested you will you nothing will stop you and if you're not guess what you won't you just you will not be able to make yourself become a world-class guitar virtuoso if you have no intention of sitting down and practicing your balls off your whole life. But people say, well, people say to me, well, you, you must have had so much discipline to have put all those hours in. Nope. No discipline. I, it's just passion. There's passion. You know, it's like when you find something that's really interesting to you, that's, that's your gold. That's all you need to focus on. Everything else happens as a consequence of that. The work that you get, the, the, the people you, you play with, the kind of music you record, the success of anything that you make, it's all joined at the hip with the depth of your own passion in making it. Nice. What a quote. What a beautiful quote. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, yeah, speaking, speaking of Hydra, um, yeah, what, um, what's going on there? 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the photos of it, and, and I was just like, well, I can't work out if it's medieval or it's, if it's from 2050. So, um, yeah, if you could explain, <laughs> <laughs> explain a bit of Hydra to us, that would be fantastic. Well, I think it's both. I think it's both. Well, the Hydra was, uh, you know, it started, like I say, about five years ago, and it all came with one idea to create a piece of music on a multi-neck instrument that used all the instruments, you know? So I knew I needed a bass neck, and I knew I wanted it to be heavy, so I wanted a seven-string, and I needed a texture that was a 12-string, and then the harp strings, you know? And when I was doing this, imagining this, uh, I was also into, like, steampunk, you know? Took my, my idea and some clippings of kind of, like, steampunk fashion, and I sent it to the guys at... Ibanez uh, in Japan who build these things and they went crazy. Man. They just were like, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, they threw all convention to the wind and they built this thing and I got it and I'm looking at it and I'm going, holy shit. You know, that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew I had to write a piece of music with it. Say what? Yeah, yeah. How did they, how did they get it to you? Like, because... Surely that's the weirdest case in the world. <laughs> yeah. Case not is like the size of a Volkswagen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, you know, interesting, they, they actually made a prototype first. Oh, wow. Because a prototype is good for, like, you know, uh, changing it up, tweaking it. So, uh, but then it, I'd say all in all about four years or so to make the Hydra. And then it, it sat in the studio on a stand for about a year you know, every time I'd pass it, I would go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> and one, one day I carved six weeks and I, I sat down and I just started doing it. Wow. Wow. But, but obviously, you're not a stranger to kind of collaborating with different guitar companies and everything. But, but how many guitars would you say you actually own? Like today, how many guitars do you actually have? Do you, do you even know? It fluctuates because they're always coming and going. Uh, I think I have about 270. But that, wow. it's, it's not because I'm like a, I lust after collecting guitars, you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like to, I like to collect, the guitars that I like to collect are ones that have a unique function, that have something peculiar about them. Uh, I much prefer that over collecting vintage, which I don't really do. Also, because I work with Ibanez, I receive a lot of prototypes and things like that. And also, various uh, guitar makers, independent luthiers and companies throughout the years have made guitars and given them to me as gifts and stuff. So, I, when I say I have 260 guitars, it's not like I went out and bought 200. They're just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What's, yeah. Um, yeah, what's, the, what's the weirdest one? Do you have any that have make any mad sounds that people wouldn't expect or I've got a drum machine in the neck. I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> drum machine in the neck. Hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, right in. Yeah. yeah. I might say that the Hydra yeah. is the, yeah, it's got to be yeah, the most te technically advanced instrument that I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah I can, awesome. uh, I can imagine. Well, what, one thing, Steve, I really wanted to talk to you about is obviously, you know, it's, it's well documented that throughout the 80s and 90s, it must have been such a strange time for you because you were creating a lot of solo albums, but you were joining all these illustrious bands and making records and tours with them from, you know, the likes of White Snake to David Lee Roth and 
Frank Zappa, everything like that. But was it kind of, what was that period like for you going between all those massive bands, doing solo music? It must have just been nonstop, especially back then. I only engage in projects that I feel like I can contribute appropriately. You know, so like when, when Frank asked me to join the band, at fr- really, at first I thought, am I right for that? Can I do this? You know, and then something said, yeah, yeah, you can. You got it. You know, and then with, with like Dave Roth or Alcatraz or Whitesnake, you know, these kinds of things. I grew up, I was a teenager in the, in the 70s. You know, so Jimmy Page, Brian May, you know, all, all those great players of the 70s. That was my my dope and uh so that rock music was always a big part of what i did it, w- it always occupied a huge percentage of my attitude uh, you know j- i like the energy of rock music i like the you know just the, the the groove the feel the atmosphere it creates but i also like compositional music you know so my brain kind of mix mixes these things but with a band like roth or you know any of that stuff that a lot of that was held at bay and I was just able to kind of exercise my rock and roll yayas. And I knew I, I knew I could do it because I had that in me, you know, I, wh- whether people were going to like it or not, I didn't you know, have no idea. So because I had no idea, it enabled me to really be myself. You know, I just thought if, when you do these things, you're not Ingve, you're not Edward, you're not John Sykes, you, you know, any of these guys that you were kind of like stepping in for. Who are you? That's just what I did. And then in the background was, you know, Passion and Warfare and all of my solo music, which is very different than that stuff. So once I started on that, you know, that was like the train had left the station on rock stardom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but but, nice. but you, you have worked with everyone from Alice Cooper to Ozzy Osbourne and even Spinal Tap. Yeah. So like... I'm sure there must have been some massive bands uh, over the years who have tried to steal you or tried to get you to join them as like a member or make another album with them. Like, has there been anything like that you can remember? Well, in the 80s, yeah. And in the 90s, some. But once I started to release my solo music and it was, it was um, selling very well, you know, it, it was a lot of those bands realized he's doing his own thing. And his own thing doesn't sound anything like what we're doing. And I, I get asked if I would be interested in jo- joining. I, I don't mind, and I actually enjoy guesting on certain things. You know, like I, 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 like I played with Sepultura and uh, all sorts of situations. I don't get asked much lately because, like, are you, you know, it's like asking, I don't know, John McLaughlin if he wants to start a band. You know, it's, <laughs> I'll play with you. I'll do a tour yeah. or something like that. But, but especially in the eighties, was there was there any names you can tell us or anything that there was conversations or an approach or? Well, there was certain things that I heard after I left Dave's band, because when I was with Dave's band, the, you you know you're you're in the band, you're a band member, everything else goes away, and I didn't want to do anything else. But when I left the band, I was. It was interesting for me to find out some of the calls that came into the office for me. Robert Palmer, you know, he was a nice. um, I was told Robert Plant. I can't really corroborate that information. Um, Rod Stewart, but this was way back, you know, way back. And uh, 
you know, w- w- with Dave Roth, there was something that I knew I, I really liked. You know, he's, he's got a, in some way, we have a similar quirky personality, a, a, a humor, I should say. And David, with David Coverdale, I mean, I love that Whitesnake record. And his voice is just like, <gasps> my God, it's, to be able to be on a stage and have that voice fronting the band, that was a no-brainer, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. One thing, things I wanted to ask is, um, who does Steve Vai like? Who's relatively new? Is there any new bands you've checked out lately that you like? Yeah, well, they're they're kind of new to me. You know, <laughs> they might have been around for. Well, one of them, uh, Polyphia, is very interesting to me. You know, I love when music when guys come along and they're these young guys and they they get together and they say, you know what, maybe this is what's going on, but let's try this, you know, and it's something totally different, but it's musical. And what they're doing on the guitar is just mind boggling. You know, so I, that was one. I like Tosin Abasi, his music and his playing, you know, a lot of the music that I get exposed to comes in the house through my wife or my kids too. And my wife has, my wife has great taste in metal, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and only probably about a year ago, she's listening to this band and it's really kind of heavy, but there's something kind of weird and quirky about it, you know? And I'm, I'm listening, I'm thinking, this is like, what is this? You know, and I'm looking at pictures of them and they've got like all this, like almost looks like death metal makeup and costumes and everything. And I just didn't take it seriously at all. And then she kept listening to it and I started listening and I'm going, whoa, wait a minute, there's something really. And then I got into it and I realized, okay, this, this is really uh, interesting and substantial. And it was Ghost. Nice. The host, yeah. you know and i i mean what do i know i see the pictures in the magazines i'm you think well that that's this is their gimmick i was wrong because that guy tobias he's brilliant man you know the melodies the vision this the silliness the intensity the, the just the taking the piss out of you know religion and stuff like that it's really really cool well, yes, I think our new mission is to get Steve Vai and Ghost together somehow. <laughs> I think that's... People I go crazy tried. for that. Oh, you've really? tried shit. Well, wow. if you've tried, yeah, if you've tried... I sent a message through my agent to just, just let him know if he's recording and he wants, if he's interested at all. I, I, you know, that, that band, they do their own thing, you know. But I just sent a message, hey... If you're ever interested, Steve Vibe is interested in, I don't know, solo well, or something like that. Let's do that. We're going to make that happen, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I tell you well, what. Uh, yeah. Everyone campaign for it, please. Steve we are going to come. I'm, well, I'm going to come. I do that occasionally, you know, with bands that I, I really like. I'll just say, hey, I'm available for something. But you got to understand when these people get a request from me, it, it, it's like, well, we don't know what we're really going to get because it's Vi, so it's risky. <laughs> no, but, no, I don't think. I don't think anybody thinks like that, Steve. I don't think. I don't think Ghost have got that message, and that's why there's not a Ghost and Steve Vi track. Uh, well, it was a. It was a. It wasn't that long ago, so you never know what can happen. Oh, okay. yeah. oh well, 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 well and some well. guys, you know, they're just not interested. They, 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 they want to keep their music undiluted. You know, they, they want to undilute it. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. Steve, I don't believe that. I think if Steve Vai comes <laughs> knocking, 
if Steve Vai comes knocking, we all go a rocking. I think that's what happens. Um, yeah, oh. nobody turns down. Nobody turns Zappening. down the fucking king. Yes, happening. Yeah, I fucking oh. love that. Well, Steve, we won't keep you too much longer because I know you've got a very busy day and schedule and preparing for tours and, and all sorts. But um, just a couple of very quick things before we let you go. Um, obviously, like you know, you've seen the industry change so much. You've seen guitar playing change and technology and different kind of amps and everything there is involved. But what would you really say is like your stance on guitar playing now in 2022? Because, I mean, you go back to practicing for hours and hours on end when when you were younger to master your craft but these days i mean it is kind of there's you do see a lot of people just producers making guitar noises up on laptops and stuff and you don't really need the talent to produce something i mean how, how do you see it do you see it a bit better because guitar music can be seen to others and it is easier to approach it or do you think it's lost its craft a little bit because there isn't always that passion in there as you mentioned earlier well, first, I try not to look at anything as being bad because I, I don't know how to judge anything, <laughs> you know? So, for instance, you say it doesn't take so much talent then to kind of like take samples and build stuff, but I believe that it does hmm. in order to do something effective. You know, you have to have a creative, you have to have a powerful creative vision and then it doesn't matter what you use you can use your fingers you could use samples i don't care as long as the end product is inspired you know and for someone like myself that required my my idea of a good time required having all that so i i, I worked on it but guitar uh, music today i love watching it evolve i saw i've seen it go through three iterations from the 80s you know you had grunge which there were guitar players that emerged from that you know they weren't doing shreddy stuff but they were contributing in powerful ways to rhythm guitar or while that was happening there was an underground movement of kids learning about the seven string and starting to tune it down and chug away so you got this this movement that started happening in 2000 that had some, you know, it had some melodic playing in it, but it was more about the subculture of, of gent and metal, you know, and some really great players started to emerge from that. Uh, and then after that, you've got this thing happening now where there's, there's a revolution on playing and chops. I see things these days that I can't even fathom. I mean... Uh, it just go, you know. It's like they come into they come into the world. They see where things are at, and they go, "Okay, this is where I got to start." And then they just blow it up, you know. So that's easy to do if there's if you have two things: one, uh, a real interest in practicing a lot, because to get to those otherworldly type types of chops, it doesn't matter who you are. You got to put the time in. And uh, the other thing. It takes is the vision for what you want to do with it once you got it. So what I notice now is that there's a lot of that unbelievable type of technological rev evolution. People are shredding their asses off in ways that I'm like, wow. But it's rare to actually hear um, an evolution in the melodic and the harmonic thing to where it's, it's not just the same old thing uh, harmonically and melodically do you understand what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah. so there's few people that are evolving that because that's different you know if make it getting really great chops 
and becoming virtuoso on the instrument, I can tell you how to do that. You start really slow, you make every note perfect, you don't let up, and you slowly get faster and faster and faster, and then eventually you just practice everything fast and clean. And if you can't, you back up a little bit. And within a, you know, a period of time, you'll be able to play your ass off. But I can't really tell you your melodic inspiration. Nobody can really teach that. You have, that's, that's an inside job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's well, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for that. That's a really, really great insight in, into things. But um, saying everything, I mean, you've got a really busy 2022 planned tours. You know, I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot of other things with this new record. But where else can we expect from the Steve Vai camp going forward? Is there any little surprises we should keep an eye out for along the way? Well, I can mention a bunch of stuff for those that are interested. What eventually happens, I'm not responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Right now, it's all about inviolet and then getting out there and touring my ass off. And in the meantime, I, it's, it, you might get a kick out of this. Well, I recorded a solo acoustic vocal record uh, during lockdown that I'll eventually put out. But I also finally mixed this project that I recorded in 90. And this was a project that I did. It took me one week and it's the record. It's actually a record, whole record that most people might have thought the direction I was going to go in. It's totally rock and roll. It's biker music and wow. it's music that's been in my heart. And I found this singer. His name is Gash. And he was this amazing singer. And I just recorded this record like stream of consciousness in a week. And I'm, that's all done. I had it mixed and that's all done. But I also am recording about four hours of my orchestra music in May. So that's going to be about four or five records of orchestra music. So there's a lot of stuff, you know. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> always keeping busy. Always keeping busy. But I, Steve, I honestly. Have a charmed life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We seriously appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, I don't think either of us can believe this has happened. Nope. Um, yeah, just thank you. Thank you for everything. Well, thank you guys. You're doing great stuff. I really appreciate it. From Waynesboro. <laughs> thank you guys. We'll talk to you later. Fucking mental. Absolutely. What? How? Sean, one day, right, your band is going to fail miserably. I just said to you, hey, fuck face. No way. They were right. Sean, you're going to end up doing a podcast. Oh, fuck off. Hey, they were right. Sean, you can have Steve Vai on a podcast. No, I'm fucking. Yes, they were right again. (laughs) I can't get over it. One of the most iconic guitar players of all time playing for us on the podcast and now has offered to send us honey. So until that happens each and every week, we might just tell you if it's come or not, because I want I want Steve Vai honey uh, as a thing. I'm going to put it up in, in on the wall somewhere. Yeah, well, we should honestly now. At the end of every episode now, going forward, we are going to have Steve Vai honey update um, <laughs> to see if Steve Vai has sent this honey he's promised. The uh, thing is, he didn't have to make that promise at all, but he did. So that's on him now. So um, I can't wait for that. I just find it bonkers. I find it bonkers. But yes, um, the album in Violet is out now. Check it out. He's fucking... I was going to say, he's a ripper on a guitar, but everybody knows that. <laughs> he's unbelievable. 
you're just stating things that are true there but no it's just amazing to hear things you know especially from the david lee roth days and making albums of white snake and all that and you know the fact that Robert Plant was like looking to steal him at one point. He wants to do music with Ghost. He, you know, he's got he's a man of of many many talents in the world of guitar. And um, yeah, the new album is available now. He will be touring the states for our listeners over in America. And keep an eye on future tour announcements over on his website um, as well. But yeah, absolute pleasure to have him on. Shout out to my good friend Michael who helped make this happen. And um, you never know who's going to be on future episodes of Saturn <laughs> Podcast. Oh, I don't fucking know who's going to be on future episodes of <laughs> the podcast, and that's fucking mad. Like that's <laughs> mental. You- like literally three weeks ago, I wouldn't. I would have gone. Tell you, we're probably never going to have Steve Vai. So well, we've done that now. So that means every guitarist is pretty much open to us now. There's not a guitarist good enough. Hey. If you're a guitarist and you think you're better than Steve Vai, get in touch with us at Sapping Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and um, send us a message. Because number one, you're fucking lying. Number two, you're not. Number three, slash get on the fucking podcast, will you? <laughs> oh, but you know, at Sapping Pod on Twitter and Instagram, give us your recommendations for guests you'd like to hear on future episodes and just what you thought of the absolute mindfuck this podcast was and just a reminder as every week if you enjoy what me and sean do and you want this podcast to continue you want us to (laughs) always bring you a podcast that's going to blow your mind every single friday help us out via our patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin there's loads of different tiers over there for rewards you get back for your support but you get included in our wonderful community and it's just a great laugh Yes, yes, there are absolute legends in the group, and um, we are super, super thankful for everybody part of the Patreon. So yeah, we couldn't have. We genuinely, genuinely, honestly, now we wouldn't have got this far if it wasn't for the Patreon. So thank you very much to everybody involved in that. It means the absolute world to us, and um, we've got some people we need to thank more. Yes, so if you head over to the description of this episode, you will see loads of names from the Patreon that we do indeed thank. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive, that's massive in slang, um, <laughs> shout out just slang, <laughs> just slang, <laughs> to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the top tiers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Dana Lazdava, Janelle Castan, Amadine Obano, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood. Get well soon. Can't wait to see you uh, next time we're in and about London, so get well soon. Also, thank you very much, Kelly Ewing, Kelly Young, Natasha Morris, Paul Hirschfield, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Captain Hannibal, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Alexandra Pembleton, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Tom, Johnny Knoxville for 2022 Royal Rumble winner, Owen. Bang wrong. Bang wrong. Obviously, it was going to be Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, because that's the only two interchanging champs. Anyway, thank you very much, Stuart McNaught, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, M. Evans Roberts, Joe Ackland, Jacob Hetherington, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Perry, Kelly Cannon, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, I asked the surgeon if I could administer my own aesthetic. He said, sure. Knock yourself out, Chris. Thank you very much, Alice Wood. Tess Tickle. What a load of bollocks. Thank you very much, Reese Bowring, Kerry Sanders, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, and last by no means least, Kyle David Smith. Thank you very much to all of those people. And it, yes, if you've listened to three or more episodes of this podcast, um, you are legally binded to joining our Patreon. That's not how we're doing. That is literally um, a new law that the Conservatives passed um, this week while they've been pretending Boris Johnson hasn't been partying like it's 19 fucking 99. Yeah, if you look in the terms and conditions of wherever you listen to podcasts, it's actually in there, but don't look at it because... Oh, we should start doing that. No, 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 we should... No, in the description, after you put the names, you should put legal and then dot dot and then be like, if you've listened to two or more, you are obliged because fuck it, we could do the fucking... We could do with the money. <laughs> yeah, we could, and it, it helps this podcast survive and us to grow and just, you know, everything. We need the equipment. It, yeah, just just do it. Patreon.com forward slash happening. Of course, we appreciate every single person who's already in there for anyone who's just listening and everyone just who supports us in, in other ways as well. This is being uh, a mindfuck of an episode. Can't believe this has happened, but we will be back next Friday and every week bringing you some laughs, some insights, and some WTF moments, I guess. I mean, it's just... Also, thank you very much to James Richard Davis, a.k.a. Bob from The Blackout, a.k.a. Bob from Raiders, because he came up with two great questions um, about guitars that I wouldn't have thought to ask. So <laughs> um, He's uh, great. So, yes, Steve I, absolutely beautiful human. I thought he could... Well, he has every right to be. He could have been a fucking absolute dickhead, for, um, and I would have let him off because he's Steve I. But it turns out he's actually one of the nicest humans to ever have existed. So thank you very much again to Steve Vai. <laughs> Sorry, I caught my, I heard myself. I heard myself saying his name. Um, he's an absolute superstar. And uh, yes, I hope that we get to see him in the UK very, very soon. Check out the album Inviolate out now. And hopefully we'll have some jars of honey to enjoy while listening to the album even sooner. Day one of Steve Vai's honey update. No honey so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Sapman. Uh, Sapman! 
You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.